and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Tusk, known in real life as Adam Chalk. And I am here to give my honest opinion on the things that we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling. From shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling as well as pay-per-views, premium live events and some indie shows as well, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Wednesday night, you know what that means. Well, actually it's Thursday, but I'm here to review the latest edition of AW Dynamite. And after a really good full gear last weekend, this had to be a big episode and I thought they knocked it out of the park, to be honest. Uh, so many high points for me, uh, with very few low points, with one or two things that I wasn't that bothered about, but a lot of it very good. This felt like a dynamite from last year. Uh, with a red-hot crowd. Something felt different, maybe just because it was in Chicago, but whatever. But let's get into it, shall we? The show started with uh, William Regal standing in the ring. He tells us that MGF won't be here this week. Uh, He's too busy to come to a place like Chicago. He says he sent an email to MJF a couple of weeks ago, but you'll find out about it next week when MJF is here. John Moxley then comes to the ring. He is about to fuck Regal up, uh, but Brian Danielson runs out, keeps Mox away, says we've all done bad things and pleads with Moxley not to do anything. Uh, he slaps Moxley and basically calls Regal a father figure basically. Um, Mox grabs a mic, tells Danielson to get out of the way. He tells Regal he wants only one thing from him. He needs to run away and never come back. Uh, he does eventually, but I've got a feeling he will be back. I really love this, and I think there is so much more to come from all of this. I think the underlying stories that can be told in the BCC it's going to be great <clears throat> my view is maybe that Danielson sides with MJF and William Regal there's a lot of legs in that I think um, yes I thought it was really good story felt real probably because it was kind of is in a way um. Yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to this next week when MJF is actually there. Renee Paquette then tries to talk to Keith Lee backstage about what happened between him and Swerve at Full Gear. When Swerve walks in and asks to talk to him without the cameras, so I guess we'll find out more about that next week as well. Our opening match was Orange Cassidy defending his All-Atlantic Championship against Jake Hager, who really likes that hat. That was a story through this. 
Uh, the hat fell off pretty early on in the match, which was sold like a luchador losing a, hat, uh, a mask. Uh, as a bit, it is quite funny, but it will get old pretty quickly. Uh, this pretty much was Hager in control for most of the match. But the finish came when Cassidy got out of a ankle lock. Um, he kicked the hat off Hager's head. And then nails him with the orange punch and a Costador roll-up for the win. Look, this is pretty stupid, really. Uh, and it wasn't the greatest of matches, but it was good fun. Um, I guess that's what it was meant for. It's not a match I'm ever going to remember or go back and watch, but I enjoyed it whilst it was there. After the match, though, QT Marshall and the factory come out to the ring. Uh, first, QT's mic kept cutting out, and then the lights went off. When they come back on, Julia Hart was stood on the stage. Go back to the ring and the House of Black were there. Uh, they took out the best friends, Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy. The Factory thought it was a good idea to come in and like congratulate them. And they got their asses kicked as well. House of Black then beat up some jobbers and security and... Brody King killed a guy with Dante's Inferno on the ramp. Jeez, uh, House of Black looked absolutely awesome. I'm really happy they're back. Uh, it did, did seem like they sort of left in a bit of a cloud, everyone having their own opinions that uh, Malachi Black was on his way back to WWE. That is obviously not the case. And if they can stick to this kind of thing, uh, then they're going to be great, aren't they? Let's face it, all three are superb in that ring. Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks in the Eliminator Tournament was our next match. Uh, I'm up for Stokely Hathaway doing his own introductions for his guys. More of that, please. Ethan Page also cut quite a decent promo as well beforehand. Uh, Starks was covered in tape from the injuries inflicted by Lance Archer and Brian Cage over the past couple of weeks. Ethan Page grew more and more confident as the match went on due to just everything hurting on Ricky Starks' body. Every time Starks tried to come back, he gets stopped in his tracks, including one spot where Starks went for a suicide dive, but Stokely pulled page out of the way so he crashed and burned on the floor from that though stokely got thrown out from ringside and starks went on to win the match hit in three spears to ethan page uh, and this was decent stuff especially the selling from ricky starks i thought another good showing from him ethan page i think I don't want to be too harsh because I do like him. I think he is good, but he talks a better game than he actually delivers um, because he just isn't quite there as a top top performer. He's good. He's just not great, I don't think. Uh, looking forward to seeing what sort of story Ricky Starks and MGF can come up with on the way to Winter is Coming. That should be interesting. 
Jay Cargo and the baddies and a returning Red Velvet get interviewed backstage where they uh, refuse to answer questions about Bow Wow. Um, whatever that's all about. And then Kira Hogan gets fired as a baddie. So, interesting to see what she now does. I think there's something with Kira Hogan. I think she's decent. Whether she gets a bit of a singles run will be interesting. Then it was time for the much-talked-about Death Triangle versus the Elite in Chicago match. The second match in the best of seven. And, oh boy, there would be someone watching from home that would not have liked this at all. Because the Elite decided to go full shithead heels for the night uh, as we had so much mocking of CM Punk. Matt Jackson mocked the Buckshot Lariat botch that uh, Punk did. Kenny Omega did the GTS taunt. He bit Pac's arm and hit a GTS. Uh, Beyond all the top-class shithousery, though, the match was absolutely fantastic once again. The crowd was red-hot as well as uh, just... They were 50-50 at times as well, which I was really surprised by. You know, through the entrances, there were some cheers for the elite. We even got did get a bit of a fuck you punk, I think, at one point. Kenny Omega looks like he is back in 2018 shape. And he's back to the guy that can do things better than anyone else in the world. He just looks so hungry for it at the moment. I think this run's going to be amazing. But you can underscore just how good Death Triangle were as well in this. Uh, they actually won the match as well when Penta nailed Matt Jackson in the head with a hammer and go 2-0 up in the Best of Seven series. <clears throat> this was just so scintillating. Uh, maybe the Elite being gone was the reason that the product had taken a massive dip over the last two months. Um, all of a sudden we are back to having red hot crowds and people invested in the product and that cannot be a coincidence I don't think the uh, noise levels when they are out there just seem to go through the roof so that's saying something Renee Paquette then came to the stage with a big announcement she says that AW and Thunder Rosa have come to an agreement for her to relinquish the AW Women's World Championship. So she then brings out the actual AW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter, along with Britt Baker and Rebel. Renee asks Jamie Hayter how that feels, but uh, Britt Baker basically doesn't let her speak. The turn is definitely coming, but something tells me that Jamie Hayter is going to see it coming and be ready for it I think that's what they're going to do uh, and I'm up for that let's have a baby face seeing what's happening that's how it should be <clears throat> it was then a triple threat tag team match between Hater and Baker Tay Mello and Anna Jay and Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale 
I have to be honest, I have no idea why this happened on the show. I hope Tony Khan isn't thinking of a, doing a women's tag team division because we certainly do not need any more titles on the show. All the work in this was all decent, I would say. Um, just don't really understand why it was there. Britt Baker won the match with a curb stomp to Sky Blue, which again seemed weird for me because I'd have rather seen Jamie Hayter getting the win to put over her dominance of this division. Uh, we'll see. Maybe that again plays into the, the story. It was all fine, but just a match that felt a bit out of place on the show. Uh, FTR versus Top Flight gets made in a backstage segment for Rampage, which I think will be very good. The Acclaim come out to the ring for a nice feel-good promo until Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh and Jeff Jarrett showed up on the screen and ruined it to say, stop talking about me, basically. Um, the Acclaim finished the segment by scissoring. Um... Uh, this was fine, I suppose. Just a nice segment for the acclaimed. I guess it isn't just one and done for Jeff Jarrett either. Looks like he is going to have more matches. Um, he's somehow talked himself into a tag team championship feud, hasn't he? How does he do this? Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I'm up for it, but... Always lands on his feet, Jarrett. Our main event saw Tomohiro Ishii take on Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. This was so good. Uh, Chris Jericho sort of hamming it up at the beginning of this as a sports entertainer against one of the hardest motherfuckers in the business was a great dynamic. Uh, there were so many hard chops that Ishii just split open the chest of Jericho as he pissed out blood each chop just spurting more and more blood out Look, I know it was a blade job uh, but it just looks so badass loved it the spike DDT on the apron by Jericho looked incredible I know we see something on the apron every show probably more than once but there's just something about this spot that just absolutely ruled whether it's the way Ishii took it I don't know uh, Ishii hitting a co-breaker of his own was great, and the fans popped huge for that. Jericho, though, eventually won the match after locking Ishii in the Lion Tamer. But just before he tapped out, he did flip off Jericho, which again was a nice touch. After the match, Jericho headed up the rank towards Ian Riccoboni, but Claudio Castagnoli comes out and just slaps the shit out of him as the show goes off the air. Uh, excellent main event. Every chop just registered. Uh, every burst of energy from both guys felt special. The whole match felt special. Um, hard hitting as hell. I really loved this. Um... Ishii's been a funny one in AEW on the times that he's been there before. He's always put over as this badass, which he is, don't get me wrong, but 
not many of his matches in AEW have been that great to talk about. The Eddie Kingston one was good, but other than that, nothing really to write home about. This one certainly was, though. Um, and it looks like it's going to be Jericho versus Claudio for the Ring of Honor Championship. I think that's probably the right decision. Um, I think they probably do a title switch as well. Just because I don't know what Jericho does with it afterwards. But we'll see. That's for another podcast. So I thought really good entertaining show for me. Uh, my only issue would be that I would have liked to have had MJF on the show. I know he's busy doing some filming, but after a big title win, I'd have liked something from him. If he couldn't be there, maybe a video or something. Um, I guess it does play into the character, though. Um, but yeah, just something from him I would have liked. Just to bring up the punk elite thing again, uh, even as a punk fan, I have... I have no issues whatsoever with anything that happened on this show. Um, And I know people have. I've seen bits on Twitter today. Oh, no problem. In fact, I quite like it. And a part of me now believes maybe there is a chance that CM Punk may just come back. Uh, he and Omega could make a hell of a lot of money out of this um, after what's gone on in the past couple of months. Maybe it's just me being hopeful. I would certainly love to see it, even if he just comes back just for that one feud and then goes wherever he wants to go. But that is your AW Dynamite review. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. I am at AdamChalk8 on there. Find us on YouTube as well. I will be back tomorrow with the Impact Wrestling Review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.